Traveling the Highway of Holiness today on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook. Let's go. Greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you with another Weekly Kingdom Outlook. And before we get started, I just want to remind you, if, you if you're new to this channel, hey, go ahead and like and subscribe, whatever platform you're watching it on. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're also on um, the Gate Church app. You can get these on there. We're on podcast and uh, many other places. So go ahead and subscribe, like. You can also find me at lewisdcn.com. Now, if you want um, to be part of an online class of training, asking questions, prophesying, getting prayer and prophecy, and be part of a prophetic online community, then go check us out at thegatejacks.com school or lewisdcana.com forward slash school. And you'll find what you need to do. You need to text to the number, the gate. You just text gate GSS, seven letters, gate GSS, 27741. Here's the JPEG if you're watching this, so you can get that. And you'll get a link and then follow that link and do what it says and and you'll get into the group. And then we every seven every Tuesday night, 7 p.m., we meet on a Zoom meeting. That's why you have to get into the group. Uh, we use our Gate Church app message, messaging center on there. For you to be in that group, you get that link to the, um, the class. Okay, so you can meet us on Zoom. Otherwise, you can watch it, but you can't participate in Zoom with it. Also, um, what's also important to know is that you can also get this free prophetic manual. Here's the JPEG for that. Also, same number, 77411. Go ahead and text LDMP. Uh, Lewis D. Siena Ministries Prophetic. You get a free 25-page prophetic manual uh, downloaded. You have to, by the way, that's going to be in your email. That's where the, it'll come to once you give us your information. Check your email and then follow the link in that. Sometimes it's funny people don't follow through all the way through that, and they're looking for it. And so you have to go to your email to get the link. Okay. All right. Now. I want to talk to you about uh, part two on holiness, and um, this is a very, very serious topic for us. It's about, you know, walking with God. You can do it out of mercy alone, for God is with me. And by the way, you will never do it without mercy, okay? You'll never do anything without the mercy of God. And you'll never do anything without the grace of God. But you can fully use both of these and access these by faith. Or you could sit there just access mercy. I'm a sinner. God forgive me. I have bad habits, bad conduct. And I'm only going to walk with God in certain degrees of realms and manifestations in that place. Okay, none of us are righteous in and of ourselves. And none of us are doing the right thing in and of ourselves. It's by the grace of God that empowers us to walk holy, to uh, to walk with Him. And so we want to use both of these, okay? Grace is available every day. Mercies are new every morning. And it is by faith I must access grace. God has mercy on mankind every day, whether mankind acknowledges it or not, because otherwise God would just deal with mankind 
and it would be good. Okay, so he's merciful that way. But he's also merciful in us that even when we are not, we're still flawed by the way, you're going to be flawed. So don't, flaw doesn't mean sin, it just means you're not perfect. You're not always going to say the perfect thing. You're not always going to do it flawlessly, which uh, a spirit of perfection is really a religious spirit. But, and we're always going to have maybe uh, temptations and struggles in our life. Okay, in other words, um, where I'm not tempted with alcohol, uh, you might be, or I, where you might not be tempted with uh, girls, I might be. Where you might not be tempted with stealing money, she might be. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all have this um, something that's in our history. Now, when you start learning how to operate by grace, those things have no power over you, but that's only by the grace of God. It's not by you being so strong of yourself. It's because your strength comes from your relationship and intimacy with the Lord. Okay, so just to clarify that. So we're always got mercies available every day. They're new every morning, and grace is always there. So if we're going to walk this road, we can choose to walk a road with God where it's just mercy-driven, where God knows, I, you know, God knows I'm lustful, God knows I'm greedy, God knows I'm prideful, but he's merciful, and and therefore he, he tolerates me. And that's a mercy-driven relationship. And the problem with that is, even though in that statement alone, where God is merciful, is true, if you desire the deep things of God, you can't live a mercy-driven life alone. You must live a life uh, by the grace of God, which now empowers you to live a godly life. You have to, you know, you can't keep doing the stuff you've always done. God will forgive you 70 times 7. How many times in a day? Every time you come to him, he'll forgive you. He will, because he's, he's merciful, and he loves you. Okay, And there's a difference from the person who does it and doesn't care and the person who feels guilt every time. Okay, And you might think, I'm getting away with something. You're not. You're actually leaving a lot of blessing. You're actually leaving a lot of the, of the manifest presence of God at bay when you don't live a godly life. But if you want to live a godly life, if you want to, if you want to walk with the Lord, we are to walk with the Lord in two main aspects. One is in character and in power. We're not supposed to be a powerless, holy people, and we're not supposed to be an unholy, powerful people. We're supposed to be a holy, powerful people. Character, presence, uh, abiding with God, and doing the things he did. We're not supposed to be one or the other. Now, you know, unfortunately, uh, factions within the church gets make, made up. And so you have the people that are, they, you know, their character and all this, but they just, they don't believe in miracles or they don't believe in the presence. They doubt everything, but they, 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 they're, 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 they're faithful people to what, to, to morality, let's say, to character. And then you get the people sometimes who are, uh, want the power, but they have no, you know, they're struggling all the time with their character. And I want to help you walk in both of those. And I really can't help you. I can only show you the way because he's my help. And that would be silly for think that I could actually help you. But he's my help. He's the one who helps me do it. And, and I want to help you and teach you the right way. So that's the purpose for this. And it's not to bring conviction, even though if you're in sin, you're going to feel convicted. Conviction's not a bad thing thing. 
condemnation is. Condemnation deals with who you are. Conviction deals with what you're doing. Okay? If I'm convicted, it's because of what I'm doing. If I'm condemned, it's for who I am. And so God has not condemned you. That's why it says who can condemn you. God who justifies, he has justified you. Okay? So we're not, we're not, we're not in that fear factor. Okay? So, but... You want to be convicted if you sin. You want to feel the conviction. You never not want to feel conviction when you sin because that means what you're, you actually have is you actually seared your soul, your conscience, and you're not feeling the Holy Spirit convict you anymore. That's not good. Romans 1 talks about it. It's not good, okay? So you don't want to ever be there. So thank God you feel conviction if you sin. Thank God you should thank Him. Lord, thank you for rebuking me. Thank you. And, I, and before we get onto our scripture, I'm just going to read you uh, this one proverb. And um, Proverb 1, um, uh, 23, it says this, Turn at my rebuke, surely I will pour out my spirit on you, and I'll make my words known to you. Man, is that a beautiful thing? Look, when I rebuke you, turn. Turn back to me when I rebuke you. Surely when you do, I will pour out my spirit upon you. And I will make my words known to you. What a great, great uh, promise from, from the Lord in that one. All right. So our text today, we're not going to go too long because when I make these really long, uh, I don't feel that, you know, uh, it's as easy to listen for half an hour, 45 minutes or watch that long. And you have a lot to do. And, and I get that. So. Um, but let's look at this subject here and just Isaiah 35 verse 8. A highway shall be there and a road. And you know, you, if you ever know me talk about the ancient pathways, this is what I'm talking about. There is actually a road we're to walk on, a, a trail we're supposed to blaze with the Lord that is well trodden. It's called the highway of holiness or the ancient pathways. There's a way to walk with God. You don't get to walk with God any way you want. You have to walk with Him in righteousness, in holiness, in purity. You have to. Now, He gives provisions when you fail, but don't make failing a provision. He gives you a provision when you fail. It's called repentance and cleansing. But don't make failing a provision in and of itself that it's okay. It's not. Otherwise, if you think failing is okay, you're going to sear your mind when it comes to conviction of God. Okay? He says, it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. Listen to that. Listen to this. It's the highway of holiness. The unclean will not pass over it. If you sin, your father, confess your sin, for your father is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you sinned, then you must ask for forgiveness. Okay. The unclean shall not pass over, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road in that ancient pathway, although a fool, shall not go astray. Do you understand that? 
In other words, you might not, you know, you might not have a bachelor's degree and, or a doctor's degree. It's okay. But remember, the foolish things of this world confound the wise. I'm one of those people that I think that God has given me wisdom in his word and his spirit that I otherwise would have never had but by, by walking with God. And no, folks, I have not walked 32 years without sin. That's silly. I mean, the moment I say that, I'd have to repent. So uh, the moment I thought I was that flawless, I'd have to repent. Look, you want to walk this highway, this, this ancient pathway, and I am working on that new series. I've got all the videos done. I've just got to do the manual for it. And that will be coming out soon. You want to walk the ancient pathway with the Lord. Then you have to cleanse yourself. So we're going to go through all of this as we go. We're going to talk about this. Now, the first reference, we even have an inkling of anything like holiness. Now, the problem with the word like sanctification and all that is we really don't have a full understanding. Like, our language doesn't communicate it. And so you have to, when God unveils something to us, and he begins to um, make a topic known to us, all right? So as God does this, and he starts unveiling a truth, it's called the first mention principle. And what happens is God unfolds this truth over time. And it's just the same thing as Jesus. He unveiled who Jesus was before he came, but he didn't do it all in the book of Genesis. Like, he unveiled him. And there was more and more prophetic word about him. Jesus himself does this to his disciples, where it's over time, over a year or two, that they begin to learn he's the Messiah, he's the Christ. Then he starts revealing that he must suffer things from them. All right, so... <clears throat> This is the first inkling we have of anything um, of, of separating it. So we'll sit there and say, God is holy because he's separate. No, I, I don't think that we that's sufficient. It might be the best we can do, but it's not sufficient. He is 100% perfect, 100% complete in himself, 100% truthful, 100% love, 100% righteous. It's like all his attributes. That's holiness. All right. This is what verse, uh, chapter 2 of Genesis, it says this. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Now here's the wonderful picture of this, and I want you to hear this. Wherever God rests, wherever he chooses to rest, he sanctifies, makes holy. All right, now we're going to unfold this over time. Over weeks ahead, we're going to unfold this topic. And it's going to take us some time because I don't want to be in a hurry. But this is what Jesus meant when Jesus said, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man to get rest. It wasn't made 
it, the Sabbath wasn't made, or man was not made for the Sabbath. What came first was man. Then the sixth day, man was made, and the seventh day rested. Now, if you understand, the Egyptians never gave the Jews a day off. Okay, they had to build bricks 24-7. <clears throat> Every day they were building bricks. And they were used to this cycle. They were used to no rest. They were used to always doing something. Okay? This is what they came out of in Egypt. And God gave the Sabbath rest because he rested. He's saying to them, look, six days is sufficient and rest. And so because you're resting on it, we're, we're making it holy. That's in our eyes. Because he rested and made it holy. So why is the seventh day holy? Because you're resting on it. This is where, like, um, I think your house should be holy. In the sense that your house should not be a place of arguments, anger, frustration. In our house, we've worked very hard for our house to be a house of joy, of peace, of love, and of rest. You go home to rest. Right? You go to work all day. You come home to rest. And I want you to start unfolding that picture in here. Because in holiness, or to have holiness, we have to rest. We're going to talk about what it means in Hebrews, that they rested. You know, you enter the rest. Okay? It doesn't mean doing nothing. It means doing nothing to be righteous and knowing that it's done for you. We're going to unfold this. Because see, a lot of people think, we don't have anything to do. No, no, I don't have anything to do for my righteousness. But I have things to do in my father's house. And I have to build my father's, I'm building my father's kingdom with him. And I'm working with God. With what he has told me. God has invited me to work with him. He doesn't ask me to, by the way, God doesn't ask me to do anything for him. He, asks, he invites me to do things with him. And it's almost like he says, look, if you don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. But if you want to do it with me, let's go. Let's get to work. You know, it's a wonderful place and a wonderful imagery of that. So we're going to uncover this. This is the first place. Now, what you will find is that God does not reveal his holiness through the rest of the book of Genesis. Because before God could talk to them and the Israelites about rest, he first has to introduce himself now you got Enoch who walked with God. You've got Noah, okay? And then you have uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, okay? And what God is teaching them in all of this is how to trust him. He's building a relationship with the patriarchs. You know, they don't know who he is. They know he's God, but they don't know who he is. I mean, Abraham... I mean, you go look at Abraham. Abraham's household was full of gods. Okay? I mean, they were worshipped. They were in Mesopotamia. They worshipped false gods. Okay? And so, people don't realize that. I mean, it, you know, they, they, they did this. And um, they took all that stuff with them. And Abraham has to learn who God is and how to trust him. And, and he does over time. Becomes the father of faith. He's the father of everyone who believes in Christ. Because he was the first one. So it's how God honors 
when you do something spectacular with God almost, and it gives birth to people, then God like calls, I mean, obviously God's our father. But he says, you know, Paul says, Abraham's the father of us all of faith. He was like the father of faith. And so we have to understand this and kind of dig into this stuff. And it's a wonderful picture. And so holiness is not a set of rules. That's godliness. And we'll talk about that. The difference between holiness and godliness. Because that's important. But it's really important for you and me that we really come to grips with um, entering that rest. Letting him love us. Sometimes we're so trying to figure out what he wants us to do. Here's, here's what I want to tell you. If I seek the Lord just to seek the Lord, because I love him, he is really good at telling me in that relationship anything he needs me, anything he wants of me. That's our relationship. In other words, I don't have to sit there and ask him every day, Oh, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want? And some people fret over that. I don't know what he wants me to do. Well, I always tell people the first thing he might actually want you to do is to learn how to trust him. Learn how to let him love you and how do you express that love back biblically. Let that relationship flourish. But we're so busy to try to do things because we think in doing things, we'll have, we'll have more of his love. No. So we're going to knock down some of these things. Some of these things that cause us to, uh, to not enter into this wonderful relationship that we have at this place with this wonderful, wonderful king of ours. He's so wonderful. And I know he loves you. And so I just want you to think about that. This is our first mention of holiness or something close to it. It's that it's only been revealed in like a parable at this point. And he sanctified it. Huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. What does that mean? You know, what, is, what does sanctified mean? And that's the wonderful mysteries of the Lord. When he, he just amazing how he, see what he does. And you go, why, why, why doesn't God just, um, why doesn't he just talk plainly sometimes? Well, because he wants to make sure the ones who are finding him are the ones who are actually seeking him. Because not everyone is seeking him. So this word sanctified, you know, our meanings are to be holy, sacred, consecrated, to show oneself holy, be kind of meanings are all the different ways this word is translated. And it's, uh, it's an amazing, um, it's just got a whole bunch of meanings, you know. And sanctified and make holy, what does that mean? Ceremonially holy, holiness by our standard or God's. And we're going to talk about that as we discover the wonderful truths of God's holiness. I hope this blesses you. I think it does. I'm hoping. May the Lord richly bless you and keep you. I love you. Remember to sign up for the school or get that free thing. If you want to support our ministry, lewisdcn.com. You'll see the donate tab. 
Go ahead. There's four different ways, types of giving you can give. You can become a partner of this ministry or you can buy product. Either way does support what we do. So if you want to help out, go ahead and do that. If you want to become a partner and partner what we're doing, then and you help make this possible, reaching souls, then I really appreciate it. God bless you, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.